Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is another episode of the Baby Daddy Podcast. I am the Baby Daddy, and today I am discussing the 90s hip-hop. Music, lyricists, MCs, rappers, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to go over something that I kind of came to, th- to thought when recently seeing the amount of people who released music in like the 90s, which was a lot of artists didn't have a lot of great like labels. And these labels didn't have good distribution. It was just like people was just was just starting labels out of nowhere and then this you know coming out with like these companies that didn't really give good, good, like good contracts and so on and so forth. So we just trying to it just made me think about all the artists that could have been so much more and what it could have what they could have helped contribute to like the actual culture of hip hop and everything else. And people who know me, like they know that, you know, it's something special about nineties music in general, but just hip hop mainly because of the fact that it's so much that talent that should have been, you know, still going to this day. And then um just, you know, this Discussing how like the transitions of some of these contracts that didn't include streaming, which is a new form of listening to music now, which is profitable way more, so much more lucrative of, you know, just making money for these artists and how these great artists of the of the past cannot receive some of that um profit. So um Let's just start with the 90s as a whole for what I can remember. Um, I was fairly young still, but I was getting into music more and more as the um, decade began. And, you know, you have videos that really played a big part in a lot of the success. Uh, Underground radio and maybe the merge of the mixtape era. This is how most of the music got pretty much distributed and pretty much um, was heard by people that was across the the USA, maybe in the States, because you got mixtapes that come out in uh, Texas or in uh, Los Angeles or New York or D.C. or uh, Atlanta or Florida. And the people are in like the service, so they go across the cross seas whatever and then you know they have this music and plus you get stuff that's released in only in like UK areas too so you kind of have to think about that as well um so you have to think about a lot of the uh of the uh music that's coming out and that was you know being released and um just as far as everything else goes um the importance of it, you know. So, 90s, you got, like, a lot of great artists coming out. A lot of stuff came out of nowhere and was just being created. So, you have groups like A Tri Called Quest. Um, a lot of West Coast music was being made, too. And you got... A variety of stuff that's just coming out. Um, and 
it's just um it's coming out so 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 like organically too it's not coming out to where it's it's like uh um just cheesy it's coming out natural and um you know you have great artists coming out but you had still like the machine um putting out this music because they had the money um a good example is uh Tommy Boy Records which I will get into further on in another episode but Tommy Boy had a lot of great hip hop um artists that came out um during like the 90s from Naughty by Nature that made two smash hits Hip Hop Array and um what's the other one uh, OPP so they made a lot of money for Tommy Boy Queen Latifah made a lot of money for Tommy Boy De La Soul made a ton of money for, for Tommy Boy but they were the only one putting out music that allowed artists to be free you have Def Jam but let's get into it so with that being said, you had like groups like Tricar Quest, uh, Black Moon, uh, De La Soul, uh, Third Base, um, Eric B and Rock Kim that was still making music. Um, you had like um, just a lot of people that came out that were releasing good music. So when I was a kid, we just listened to artists like OC, um, a lot of a lot of Wu Tang, but they had a lot of different people out of there. You know, Daz Effects, um, Black Moon, even Helter Skelter and, and OGC, which came out later in like the nineties. Now it just was like early nineties. You had like MC Hammer. Who will be what Drake is now, or um, you know, like Kanye West will be right now. To kind of just give you like an idea who those who may not know or maybe younger. Um, so he pretty much controlled what was considered music, but in the same breath, I think he kind of tried to appease the masses in releasing stuff that was more commercial friendly. To you know, the other audience that would be like a white America, um, that lived in like like I always say like like mid mid Western America, you know, just MTV is like their only source of like knowing what's going on. I'm pretty sure most of these kids collect the yo MTV rap cards and shit like that, but that's how the culture was expanded. So you had a lot of people came out in like early nineties and a lot of them did good, but it wasn't no focus on the money or the sales of it. It was more focused on like the respect and the dignity that came along with it. If if you're putting out this music and, you know, people gave you a different, you know, type of respect if if you kind of stuck to like what the script was, you know, being true to the art, not really trying to um, sell out, as they would say. 
And, you know, people put out this music that was just really good music. And then I always say you had a variety of this stuff come out. You had a variety of, um, you know, sounds, productions, styles, clothing, uh, you know, certain locations had certain type of, uh, you know, things that associated with the artists and everything else. And then you had this. And this was really important to the culture. And... <clears throat> It was a certain point in time when there's certain artists that could have blew up and been phenomenal if they just would have hung in there for um, two or three years after 95. 95, if you ask anybody, in, in my opinion, would be the year where it really was the best of the best rhyming, making music, you know. And you still have artists that were that were out in like the nineties that and just because of what they did and how impactful the music was, they are considered legends, but still don't really get the full respect that they deserve because of the fact that um you know, it just still wasn't enough. Like, being a fan wasn't enough. Like, it was like only like a certain kind of fan that would give you that respect. And it's kind of kind of crazy how you look at the fan of hip-hop now compared to then. And the fan has so much more control and power over what respect level was for, like, the artist. You couldn't go nowhere and disrespect nobody's favorite artist because they had so much respect and it was not no space for you know, disrespect. So when you have artists like Gangstar, A Tribe Called Quest, um, you know, you got like the um, Ghetto Boys, um, even like Outkast, you know, well, Outkast would be like a different type of thing because Outkast is just worldwide respected from everybody because their music was so like a diverse um, opening to like different cultures, but okay. So take Gangstar for example. Gangstar release albums. I think like no more than just a nice guy come out like in '89, right? And then they had like Step Into the Arena, and then you know they started to really get into it. But it was such a love for like the the, the music, the underground, the connection to like the street life, the beats. You know, guru as this this a rapper, a lyricist, an MC. It was really, really like that much respect, and that's what I'm. That's the between now, especially now. I mean, I, I said something earlier about like the 2000 uh, fans and everything. Like in the episode I had about like about ja Rule. Um but you know, the music was so good. Had real fans never let nothing like that get into like the you know the conversation about money and everything, and I think that if you came out at a certain time after '95, when artists started to see platinum plaques, and you know it's it's just like how things go, you know. Um, just for example, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, 
Biggie dropped One More Chance remix in like 95 that summer. And um, you just kind of saw everything change as far as like the level of rap and how it looked, which is, it was good. The only thing about it was that you had two different sides. It was just like the constant battle between hip hop and commercial rap or, or, you know, just rap. Um, and that always was like the thing that I always said that that kind of just, um, killed it because of the fact it's, it's like how it is now. We have like the people that's older always saying, oh, they, this not hip hop, this is not rap. And you should just be done like this way. And it's not, but the older I get, the more I learn that as long as you put out music that the people who listen to you love, then it can never get old, never can die. And that's what happened in the 90s, I think, when it came down to just these artists that came out in the early 90s that could have still made music. They were trying to jump out of like their character and make shit that wasn't a part of their culture as far as like what they started out with and how they made music to begin with, you know. You got artists that was trying to have like that Puff Daddy sound, like that Trackmaster sound, that um, Rodney Jenkins or Jerkins, whatever his name is. I don't know. No disrespect to that dude. But they try to find these sounds. Like I think it was like his company was Dark Child. So, yeah, so that's Rodney. But a lot of them got lost in that shit. And. The 90s was such a fucking trendy, gimmicky time. And it's just so funny to me because I, I watched the video. I watched Buddy by De La Soul. If anybody knows me, they know that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of De La Soul because I have my reasons. And I'll get into that in another episode. But the video itself has so much character. You know what I'm saying? They were just having a good time. Just making, you know, like a video like that. Just seeing it like that. With kids in it dancing, smiling. You know, hardcore people. You know, hip-hop-ish. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. But, you know, you had like gold chain rocking. Heavy gold chain rocking to like, you know, regular, you know, hip-hop kind of looking shit. You know, like... And that's like just regular people, you know, like not really trying to be extra, extra with it. But the the video itself has so much substance and so much life to it. And then I thought about how that kind of like played a part. And you had certain groups that, that, that made sure that the, the individual, male or female, that didn't want to be all hardcore or just, you know, all about drugs and pussy and, you know, because you had, like, Luke come out, you know, you had, like, you know, N.W.A. came out and they are making a lot of shit that was, like, really strong on sex and fucking and disrespecting, you know what I'm saying? But it's a part of, like, the culture, unfortunately, so you can't say it's not real, it's not happening. But... Once that kind of took over, you either had to get down or lay down to make the money because these record labels weren't really trying to allow 
um, artists to really have that much control over what they wanted to do. And I remember how it was. You know, you had like a Tri-Call Quest come out. You had like Lisa the New School come out, Black Sheep. And it was like heavy college music. You know, that's how I can like describe it. We had like a local station here that was BNY. It was kind of like the underground station for everything that's college, you know. P-Rock and CL Smooth and, you know, and it's just these names that I I mentioned, they're, they're legendary, but they should be as, you know, popular to people as Drake is to people, to as uh, Young Thug or Kendrick or Kanye or, you know, uh, just... Uh, anybody that's that's like mainstream right now Lil Pump or somebody you know it's just sad that these artists were kind of like swept away you know um I talk about OC early on and it was like he dropped the album and he had the same management as Nas you know Searchlight Entertainment which is like MC Search from Third Base and Faith Newman like they pretty much groomed Two were like probably the best MC, lyricists, writers, whatever of the 90s. OC, which is from Brooklyn, and Nas, which is from Queens. And these two individuals, both they, they both released two great debut albums. The only thing about it is that Searchlight didn't really put OC under a strong label like Nas had Columbia. So... When OC dropped Word Life, which is a phenomenal album, and I would not ever have known about that album was for like a friend of mine in Addison, which um, he had an older brother, and I mentioned him before, but he brought these, these these tapes over to us, and we listened to them, and it was just like from front to back. It's a dope-ass album. And like if anybody knows OC, first album, Word Life, they know about the like the outro. And... um Damn man, that shit was just so fucking dope and amazing. And as a and as a as as a young kid, I'm, I was like probably twelve years old, thirteen years old, hearing this shit. It just blew my mind. And um, it's, this is the time when you know, as a as a child, you become more and more connected to like yourself and what you like listen to and like your sound and the, whatever music that you picked out kind of like navigated to to where or who you want to be and is this the stuff that was coming out was so fucking dope man and it didn't really have like an age limit on it but it had like a perspective on it like you know like you if you heard some of the stuff like you was like unto the next so we had like oc where he dropped word life now i drop illmatic Illmatic had 10 songs. I think OC had like 15. He had five more extra songs than Nas. But Nas, the album got more burn. I'm not saying that Illmatic isn't what it is, but Word Life should have definitely been in that same conversation. Um, you got um, Into the Wu-Tang, and you got Black Moon into the stage. You know, 
I don't know about y'all. I mean, Wu Tang is just a whole other situation. We all know this. We're not gonna sit there and say anything bad about Wu Tang because that's blasphemy. But Black Moon should have the same type of respect as Wu Tang. Black Moon came out and was on a, a label called Nervous Wreck, and it's just crazy how many artists came off that label. Smith and Weston re- released the album off that label called The Shining. You can talk to anybody you want to that claims that they're an expert on 90s hip-hop. If they don't say that The Shining is one of the top 10 greatest albums from the 90s, they're a fucking liar. It may be top five. But this label, Nervous Wreck, was so underground and so fucking just college ran. You know what I'm saying? Like... They didn't have the machine or the budget or the legal strength to promote these artists to where they were, you know, considered to be a Wu-Tang Clan. Because Lyle Records had that, they had that promotion. So I think Lyle Records is probably like the world's greatest label. And this is no diss to like Def Jam, but I'm going to keep it real. Lyle put out... The shit that saved hip hop, that saved rap. Um, if they would have had some artists like Black Moon and like Smith and Wesson, that would have been crazier. But they put out a lot of the greatest shit that we ever hear in rap right now. And, um, you know, but they never got their respect. Never got their respect because of the fact that they weren't really being heard the right way. You know, the video was one thing, but. The distribution of the music was like the key. Because I think a lot of them, a lot of artists had more distribution on certain sides of like the United States or the world than other artists. You know, you had a lot of heavy West Coast shit coming out in like the early 90s. And like my man, my man Beef is the only nigga I know that really know a lot of these niggas from the West Coast. And I know I have respect for them because of the music they put out. A lot of them, like a lot of people that I grew up with, because I was always around older people, they love Spice One, MC8. You know, I know some quick, you know what I'm saying? Um, E40. Um, you know, of course, NWA. And then you got like, like, like the Down South cats that came out, like um, Big Mike and, you know, Ghetto Boys, Willie D. And this shit was crazy. Um, the lynch mob, and you know, Cali, the dudes fucking with Cuban shit, and um, you know, it just really was like a lot of artists came out that really never got a chance to really blow because of the fact that they didn't have a label that was really really supportive, and if you would have had the the streaming media you got now, then oh my god, can you imagine? The music that's been coming out, like the quality of it, because like now I think it's like it's it's so accessible now that it's so much coming out. The quality's not even like in question. It's more or less like the quantity, and no one's thinking about the quality that's being put out. It's like they're just doing this shit and just putting it out and not thinking about it, not you know picking artists or songs where they're just putting out shit but like, like you know they're getting money because like the fan is not a the fan doesn't have like the genuine ear that it had back in 
some time ago. And I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm an old hating ass nigga, but I'm not. I'm just saying like you have artists that come out with stuff now that just be dropping shit and like, yo, they don't give a fuck. Because they know that people going to want to hear it. They're going to want to just play it. He imagine that back in like the 90s. And, you know, just, you know, it's just crazy. And, you know, I look at that commercial West Coast sound that kind of came out and kind of just controlled the 90s. And then like the bad boy sound that controlled the 90s and like the late 90s. And how it kind of put people in like the corner to not want to release music, to not want to put out content because it's like, yo, I'm not selling out, you know. And that's how I was like looked at and like considered. Excuse me, and it was just like, what could have been, you know, what could have been if, um. Certain artists would have just had a little bit better, like, production. Like, what if Razzcast could have came out with something that was a better label push-wise, you know, marketing-wise, you know? And, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to say this in, like, the the De La episode that I'm going to do, but, you know, I looked at it. And I always say to people, they lie to the most important rap group. And no one understands why. Because they put themselves on the line for creativity. And you can tell that it was just it's important to have them release music. Because in the 90s, 90 Tricar Quest, I believe. No, ninety one. They released Low End Theory. Ninety three. They they dropped Midnight Marauders, and then ninety six, ninety seven. They dropped um, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And then later on in that year, they released Love Movement. But Tribe did it by themselves. If leaders of the new school would have had the proper um, management, because I I feel personally that like that group broke up because of the fact that they looked at Tri Call Quest and what Tri was doing and said, "How come we can't be that way?" And we're the same. And then looked at Buster's rhyme on scenario and thought, "How come we can't be like him?" And I and I I remember hearing Q Tip say that he did scenario the way he did it because he knew Buster Ryan was about to be the next one to blow out of that group, and he knew it. And I think that not having groups like leaders of the new school around, truthfully, honestly, like the whole native tongue situation, because if you think about it, it could have been jive perfect. Try dropping off their albums. Queen Latifah was still doing music. You could have had more music from De La Soul. And I think that De La is like the biggest one because I think that they balanced out that consistency. And like they're like technicians. So like they do their music. 
lyrically it's gonna be there and just content wise everything else is gonna be there not saying that tribe didn't have content like daylight but i think that tribe put out hits and good music but i think that daylight put out like that good music that people was like like damn you know now when they took that break after three feet high and rising which was released like in 89 they didn't release another album until like 92 91, 92. So that's some sort of a hiatus, but then they came back with a different kind of sound, different kind of feeling for like the industry, which I think affected a lot of stuff too. Um, But they didn't have the proper label to push their videos, to give them the budget that they needed. And just, you know, they had the freedom of like putting out content that they thought was important, but not the freedom or the... Um, the machine behind them to put out the quality of music. Whereas you got like people like Coolio, which is heavy, highly respected in Cali. I you know what I, I think, but he was putting out music. And a lot of just commercial people have put out shit to just appease these white execs. Let's keep it real. And they didn't care about whether or not it was being respected by the culture. They just like fuck it. I'm about to make this money. I'm in a party. I'm a pirate. I'm gonna hang out with Pauly Shore, or some bullshit like that. I'm gonna hang out with fucking John Stamos, or some shit. <laughs> and they didn't give a fuck about it, man. They wanted to just be out there. And for I'll say ninety to like ninety three. That's a three year difference in like what was coming out. But you have to think about prior to that, what was coming out before, like, 89, 90. Well, 89, 88 was being a lot of shit coming out, too. That was kind of like commercial. But then, 93, it changed everything. Black Moon, the Tories B.I.G., the Wu-Tang Clan, more Tribe, more De La. Um, you know, artists come back like Slick Rick, you know, Red Man. EPMD, but you don't see enough of that respect for them. Like it's it's it's, it's so catch it's so weird because now the artists that are just respected by you know like the like the the J Coles and the Kendricks and the Joey Badass and you know Sci High and you know all these artists now. They get their respect, but it's still not the same as heavy as it was when, like, the like the '90s came out. Because it's just like you have such a fucking variety of good shit, but it's just no type of outlet to hear it. None, and that's just crazy to me. And I feel like it. it this could have been a big difference in what. The culture could have been how much respect it could have been for it. Um, well, you know, this is just me thinking about something that you know people take for granted. So, now with these artists that are coming out now, you know, a lot of them. Before you get them the respect and everything that, you know, you think they deserve or they're the greatest, this and that, think about 
how it would be 10, 20 years from now. Because I know when I hear certain songs, like today I heard Buddy, and I thought about that, watched the video, it made me think, like, damn, man. It was a really, a really great time in, in music where you can just be yourself and no one ever question you or say that you were selling out or you was just doing some, some fuck shit, you know? Think about them songs that you give respect and how long those songs will be legendary and have a legacy. Um, it's, just, it's just kind of just something to just kind of ponder about because it's, you know, it's a serious subject, man. Like, we got to start taking this music from our culture seriously because they're, they're going to try to water it down like they did R&B. I mean, soul. Because really it was soul. And then it made it R&B. Then it made it like, you know, Neo, I don't know, like whatever shit. But this is all we got left. You know me. I'm a fan of music. If anything, if anybody knows me, I know they know I talk with this, about music all fucking day. But, it's, you know, it's, it's very serious. So I just feel like it's, as us, take time. And if you are a fan of, like, the 90s and shit, and, like, hip-hop from, like, like, the 90s, go back and listen to, like, some of the artists that came out. And just listen to, like, the quality of it and what they could have been and what could have been of their career if they would have just had the opportunity to release music and have it still released mainstream-wise to where it could be respected and heard in the same category as, you know, the Nas's, the Biggie's, the Wu-Tang's, you know. Think about how important it'll be to just hear Pete Rock, CL Smooth song besides Troy, you know. Think about how important it will be to just hear a fireside song without passing me by, you know. Think about how important it would feel to hear a daylight song without just being me, myself, and I, you know. Uh, certain things, should, like certain artists' catalog should not just be an EP single album compilation. It should be like a, like their whole catalog should be revered and like respected and just a complete homage to what they've done because it shaped a lot of stuff that we really don't think about. So when you... When you want to do hip hop and you want to go back to like that era, go through it thoroughly. Don't half step that shit because you know it's gonna be you're gonna miss out a lot. So you know that's just that. Um, so that's that. This episode is over with. It's done. I feel great about. It. I had to get off my chest again. This is the Baby Daddy Podcast. I am the Baby Daddy, and I am signing off to the next episode, which will be a good one. Hope you enjoy this one. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, retweet, whatever you can to spread the word about the Baby ah, the Baby Daddy Podcast. I get so excited. And then if you do that, then have fun, have fun, have fun. Keep enjoying it, and then keep following, listening. I appreciate your time, effort, and you are the best. Later.